something here, isn't it? I don't know. It feels great. Okay. My son said, it is freezing in there today. I'm like, well, that's probably good because it's hot out. Actually, it's not as hot out as it used to be. So it's really been changed. Thank you for your patience. I apologize. I, we're in a season of, uh, it's a good season. We got a lot of things to consider. And, uh, God's doing a lot in our church family, so that's exciting. But uh, be praying. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. We need to remember Cammy and Joe. And uh, I was able to talk to Kevin Thompson today. And uh, Dottie's still, or not Dottie, Dorothy's still up at Golden Years. So there's just a, a lot of people with a lot of things going on. A lot of COVID issues and uh, a, lot of, a lot of things we need to be in prayer over. But we'll uh, get in the Word of God first and uh, pick up where we left off. We were talking about playing with pain, Second Corinthians 12, 1 through 10. And uh, I'm not going to you know, go through all that again, what we talked about in detail. But we've talked about uh, credible Christians spend time in God's presence. And then we saw credible Christians see life from God's perspective. And so we left off... Um, with a quote from Herman Edwards about the motivations of why we we play with pain. So we haven't quite got to that third point yet, so I'm going to just pick it up on, uh, on uh, what was point B. Having God's perspective gives us the strength to press on in the midst of spiritual warfare. And so if you have your Bibles, turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. My Bible opened right up to it. That's amazing. And so, First uh, Samuel chapter 30, the Bible says, uh, and I'll pick it up in verse 3. It says, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice, their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, uh, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Man, what a what a word that we need to hear today. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And so, uh, you know, we got to have God's perspective uh, because it gives us strength to press on in the midst of spiritual warfare. You know, it's so important that we have God's perspective. I was actually, I just left the, the meeting we just had, and the message I had today was a little meaty. I felt a little bad for all the young people, a lot of volume, a lot of details, but it did provoke a lot of conversation, actually, a- after church. I had a lot of different discussions, and it was really good for me to hear the feedback of people, and not about critiquing the sermon or they got it or didn't, but just I could tell it, 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 it kind of squeezed things out of their heart uh, regarding end times things and even current events and that I really didn't. I wasn't aware of, um, and so so it's a time where there's a lot of tension in people's lives. A lot of uh, maybe I wouldn't say fear, but concerns and legitimate concerns, not 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 illegitimate. Um, and so uh, the, the current environment that we're in um, is is there's a certain stress it puts on everybody and uh, the political. Uh, thing it's not just something that's happening in the cities it's actually making its way out across the the, the, the countryside so uh, and that message for some reason just kind of exacerbated the tension in people's hearts so uh, so uh, I say all that to say you know th- that's where David was at I mean he lost everything it seemed kind of hopeless kind of bleak but in reality what did he do he encouraged himself 
in the Lord his God. You know, and that's one of the things, uh, even this morning I was talking about in, in, uh, in the future, uh, which is that First John chapter 2, all of First John's a little tricky because it does have some tribulation context with the tribulation saints uh, regarding, you know, how they will approach, um, you know, getting access to wisdom. Probably, you know, I don't know, I'm sure there will be King James Bibles available, but this book's going to be, probably become before it's over we're going to need an armory and so um because this this bible is well it's pro jesus <laughs> so and uh and so so you know they're going to have to get their wisdom as things are progressing from god the holy ghost is going to have to teach them just like in the old testament and, yeah the bible probably will become contraband it'll become a source of hate speech i'm sure before it's over with but uh i don't know i, I can't predict all that but uh it's already like that in several countries. It's very hard. I was just going over some pictures. I grabbed my son the other day. You didn't know this. I grabbed him, brought him over, and I showed him some Bibles being delivered and uh, to Venezuela. And they're boating them in. I said, son, this looks like narcotics. You'd think they were trying to get cocaine into the country. And uh, you can get probably cocaine into Venezuela, but getting Bibles is another story. And so, you know, so the... Uh, the world is, is uh, you know, there's a lot of antichrist activity against the Word of God, against Jesus Christ. So, my point, though, is that we can press on because Jesus encouraged himself in the Lord and said, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done, right? That's how Jesus encouraged himself. Is like, you know what, as a human, I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because the Father says it needs to get done. And then we have to trust that God will bring our emotions along properly. So doing the right thing is actually more important than feeling it. And so you, that's actually a saying in our culture, right? You, I'm not feeling it. Well, you don't need to feel it. You, you need to know what Jesus said and do it, and that please the Father, and the feelings will catch up. And sometimes it doesn't always feel good to do the right thing. So point D, God requires humility in his credible Christian servants. So as you look back in this, our text is in Second Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 5, uh, the Bible says here, uh, <clears throat> In such a one uh, will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, uh, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure." For the, this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. So God allowed these difficulties to make, make Paul humble. And he had to depend on the Lord in prayer. This was a guy who we've already seen says, Hey, when it comes to revelations, I've had an abundance of revelations. You know, I, I, I know, you know, in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. All of those things that Paul, Paul said, but yet God said, You know what, Paul? I'm going to allow this to be in your life so that you can be humble. Right? That's really ultimately what was happening. He was depending upon the Lord and not his own wisdom. And so it's important that we don't allow uh, others as well to puff, our, puff, puff us up. Not puff us up. Puff us up. So uh, turn back to Acts 14. Acts 14 and verse 11 is a good example of not allowing this to happen. Acts 14. If you get there before me, you can go ahead and read verses 11 through 21. Lyconia. 
the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas, Judah, and Paul, Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which before was before their city, brought oxen and garlands unto the gates, and would have done sacrifice with the people, which, when the apostles, when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out, and saying, Sirs, why do you these things? We also are men of like portions with you, and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good, and gave us rain from heaven, and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with this, these sayings scarce restrained they the people, that they had not done sacrifice unto them. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood around about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, to Iconium, and Antioch. Thank you. I probably should have went through 22, but uh, Paul, go ahead, yeah. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, that, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Okay, thank you, ma'am. So, uh, so you can see here the, the humility up to verse 18. Paul and Barnabas refused to be worshipped, which, you know, that's obvious. You know, goes without saying. We don't want to be worshipped. Uh, that's that's uh, one of the things that he does. But they were like, "Hey, you guys are you guys are Roman gods, Jupiter and Mercury. You know, we you, we got to worship you." Can I make a comment? Sure. Okay, they started out doing that, you know, saying that they were gods, mm-hmm. and then at the end they stoned them. Yeah, they did. They went from this height to this height. Yeah, it's sort of like Hollywood, isn't it? They take their idols, they build them up, and then they destroy them, and it's ter- it's terrible. And so Paul and Barnabas, of course, they were concerned about God's testimony. I mean, they didn't want to misrepresent the Lord. And so then they entered that suffering, and they suffered well. And so Paul, you can even see there, he would rather suffer. And and, and he was under no delusions that... Uh, and we shouldn't be either, you know, that, that you know, much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. Now, we, we'd like to say that's the kingdom of heaven, but uh, and there obviously is a lot of tribulation for real, the, the tribulation. But there's also most of our brothers and sisters in Christ do endure a lot of tribulation. Um, uh, the church, as it exists in the United States the last couple hundred years is not the norm it's the exception and it's because of the great victories of the philadelphian church age uh and the word of god going forth and the and the sacrifice of many who did endure tribulation uh, that we've had such a great run as a as a nation and as a church which are not exclusively the same we are separate because uh we're not tied to the state but god has set a kind of a, a door for us an opening that we could we've been able to use for missions for sure for the last couple thousand years and you know and a lot of people it's been good to watch people like paul come up out of a you know some affluence when you compare it to other if you compare it against other cultures of levels of affluence 
if you're looking at it from a carnal perspective, and then lay that aside so that they can win people to Christ. Whether that be Sharon going to Guatemala, or you know Nate Saint and uh, going to uh, Ecuador, uh, or St- Steve Saint, or um, Rachel Saint, or uh, you know you can go back to the Philadelphian Church age, and and you have great missionaries of the past, Livingston and and um, uh, oh gosh Hudson. Uh, Taylor and and Adoniram Judson and uh, William Carey and and you know even recently that young man he was foolish and maybe foolhardy but uh, he went out to that island to try to win people to the Lord and got shot by arrows and died on the beach and uh, trying to win those in those uh, in those folks out in the Indian Ocean you guys remember that that was just probably two years ago and man all the news stories you know this guy was crazy you know he was out of his cotton picking mind well he was he loved like crazy he was so and I I was listening to his testimony I'm like well uh, I don't think he had a death wish I don't think he was crazy I just think he was serious I think he took the gospel seriously and was literally willing to lay down his life would to God there be more people that committed to getting the gospel where it needs to go on time now that is a very it's not a controversial statement here at our church but that's a controversial statement in the world so you can lay down your life for a lot of things but you know you don't lay down your life for christ i mean that's just you're crazy if you do that because christ obviously isn't worth it and that's the message that's being sent and so uh that's obviously not true so paul and barnabas man how humble they were and you know uh they didn't care what everybody thought they just served christ um they wouldn't take worship and they 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 humbled themselves under the mighty hand of god so that he that uh, he could be exalted and uh, among the people and of course it worked so first uh, peter which is a probably a familiar verse to most of us first peter five um but, you know, even though it's familiar, it's still good to meditate on a verse like this, First uh, Peter 5. And, you know, the older I get in the Lord and the more I meditate on the Scripture, some of these verses just, you know, they, they speak to you even more. And uh, I think about all that Peter endured. And, you know, Peter himself, uh, you know, the last days of his life was, was, you know, he was promised. It's going to be difficult to get out of here, Peter. (laughs) You're going to go somewhere nobody wants. You don't want to go. Someone else is going to take you there. It's not going to be easy. Um, But Peter had learned to follow the Lord, right? And, And he was obedient. Well, that's because he was a humble man, and he exhorts uh, the pastors especially uh, to be humble, to feed the flock of God which is among them. And then in verse 5 he says, Likewise, ye younger, um, sub- submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Boy, that's a virtue that's lost. You know, humble yourself now for uh, delayed gratification, right? Just that concept. Of, there's a there's an essence of that in that statement, which is, you know what? Why don't we put our our gratification on hold by faith, trusting that the Lord will give us reward in heaven, and and forsake uh, things of this world, of you know, so that we can serve Him to the fullest. And so, what a what a what an exhortation to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And so and to to respect your elders too that's also what he's saying there so be thankful uh, for your thorns this is still under point D. Thorns typically result from uh, straying. Adam had to bear fruit among the thistles and the thorns as a consequence of the fall. You know, in Genesis 3.18, uh, after he fell, the, the sin is what brought the thorns and all the thistles. And uh, and so 
um, you know, that's what happens when we stray. It gets sticky, as we say. It's a little sticky. And so in relationships, you can see that. Relationships get sticky when sin enters in, and uh, they get prickly. And so uh, Numbers 3.55, and I'll read this for time's sake, says, But if, if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which uh, ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. And so you'll be vexed. You'll be pricked. And uh, in this case, in your eyes. I'll tell you what, I had a tiny little leaf one time get stuck in my eye when I was like 12 years old. I didn't even know it. And I'm like, you know, all of a sudden my eyes watering and it was, you know, it was a fall day, wind blowing and stuff and had to go to the emergency room and man, they get this device out and pop open my eye and end up just pulling out a tiny, tiny little speck of a leaf that was stuck on my eye and it was scratching the, the you know the exterior of the eye and uh, man I tell you what that was I still remember that how that felt I can't imagine getting pricked in the eye you know and uh, and so uh, God was making a really strong point here uh, that uh, if you don't if we're not obedient and drive out the inhabitants of the land you know what that they're going to come back and and uh, they're going to it's going to prick our eyes when your eye is is scratched and pricked you can't see because you're you it's just like oh it's just overwhelming, you know. And so we need to definitely make sure we get some eye salve on so that we can see. Judges chapter 2, and verse 2 says this, Be prepared uh, and know where we stand today. It, that's not what it says. That's what I'm saying. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice why have you done this? Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. And so uh, so the enemies, the difficulties become snares. They become thorns in our side. You know, ouch. So my side's pretty tender. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want any thorns in my side. And so remember all things work together for good to them that love God, Romans eight twenty eight. That's why Paul could see the benefit of his thorn in his flesh. So he has a thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him, right? So what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Well, I don't really know, but uh, it could have been his poor vision physical ailment uh, possibly even a satanic messenger some think literally who troubled him and uh, and and literally um, he struggled with I don't really know but he had a thorn in the flesh probably his eyes his poor vision um, uh, and maybe other physical ailments but yeah he says a messenger of Satan right so maybe a combination but uh, Jeff do you have any wisdom on that no <laughs> Amen. God took care of it, didn't he? So we should uh, be prayerful over our infirmities. And um, and that's why we're here tonight, isn't it? To pray. There's nothing wrong with praying for infirmities. You know, I think the thing that we probably need to be a little more focused on, um, or maybe a lot more focused on, is, is praying for souls. Um, there are a lot of physical infirmities, and there we should pray for those things, but not not more than we pray for souls. And uh, and so maybe we could exercise ourselves even tonight in making sure we pray uh, for souls. And and uh, in addition to the physical infirmities, I I was so sad, you know. Today I I uh, was one of our members. Their uncle died, 
and he was a very aged man, a hundred and something years old. And they can only hope he was saved. They don't know he was saved, and they think he might. Probably, well, one of them said he's not. So there's a lot of indication he wasn't saved. And I thought, wow, what? A, what? How sad that is. I mean, it's sad they died physically, but it's worse if they're in hell, you know. And so, so one of the things that we can do uh, to help our perspective is pray. You know, whenever we're facing with difficulty, and I know you guys are prayer warriors, that's why you're here tonight. But, you know, is your, is our life, I should, this is the message I should have preached this morning, and I should have brought my heavy message tonight. But uh, anyway, uh, so is your prayer life giving you, you know, a power to face today's challenges? You know, that's really something that, I've, I've thought about that a lot more recently. Um, every Not every day, but almost every day, back before I was a pastor, um, there's there's burdens in the ministry for sure, but I'm not as it's not as it's not the same as when you have to get up at five o'clock and get your spiritual life together, and then you got to go to work, and you know before you you know but when you go to work, you don't have to pretend, you don't have to guess. It's going to be evil and wicked, <laughs> you know. You just know it, and so you get that pit in the gut. And and I don't know about y'all, I used to every day almost I'd have that that just uneasy feeling before I went to work because I knew I wasn't really always up for the tasks ahead, whether it be the volume of work or the size of the responsibility, the, the pressure, you know, that this unending pressure that you have in the workforce. And, um, and so I would pray. I mean, I would pray every day. I remember, I mean, when I was in my reading in the morning, I was praying. I was praying for strength. I was praying for wisdom. I was praying for protection. I was praying for all kinds of things, you know. And I'd be praying throughout the day. And uh, and and I'm not saying I don't pray any still, but I can tell you that there is a there's a sense in which, um, you know, our prayer life ought to empower us. Uh, there's no discharge. You know, you can't get out of it. You, it sometimes God puts you in that situation where you're, there's no wiggling out of it. You know, you're there. You got You're the man. You got to take care of the problem or the responsibility or, or the woman, right? And you got to you got to bear it up. A lot of women are under that situation a lot, you know. And it's not always pleasant, is my point. And so when we're in those unpleasant situations, and even in seasons where it goes on day after day, week after week, month after month, you know, um, we pray. We go to the Lord, and God sustains us, and He empowers us, and He blesses us, and He prospers us. I mean, it's amazing what He does under those circumstances. Um, and yet, sometimes I think we, we forget to pray. And so, it may be good. It may be good that people are so uncomfortable. That a, a message, which was kind of meaty on the Antichrist, uh, provokes people to kind of, you know, be upset enough to pray. You know, and, and maybe some of the tension that we have is good uh, if we're going to pray about it and allow Jesus to be God and make us make decisions uh, to follow him that people can see us, uh, you know, loving the Lord Jesus, making difficult decisions. And so there's challenges that come in life. Paul faced challenges and he couldn't change them all the time. He had he had a thorn in the flesh and he's like, you know what, God's, God's strength is made perfect in weakness. I'm just going to give it to God and let God be glorified. And so I was just talking to an elderly person this weekend and and they're just it's just setting in on them that they're dying slowly you know they're getting older and their body's shutting down on them you know week by week month by month and it's not recovering it's not fixing itself and the doctors are not really a lot of help and well, what do you do well, you you cry out to the lord what you do he is the only he's the only help 
He's really, ultimately, we're all going to get there, and He is our only help. So, um, you know, we medical technology is great, doctors are great, all of that's wonderful. It really is wonderful. I, I don't mean that at all. To be a, I'm not slighting the medical profession. I'm thankful for it, really. But at the end of the day, Jesus is the answer. You know, Jesus is the one that's going to get Joe Schaefer out of the hospital. Jesus is the one that's going to protect people from COVID. Jesus is the one. Doesn't mean you don't need to get a shot or you need to get a shot or whatever you want to do with the shot. I don't care one way or the other. Do what you do. But at the end of the day, Jesus is our focus. And uh, and that's the, what's going to pull us through no matter what. So, beseeching the Lord three times is... It's just this. I say, let's say this. It's just a good thing to do if you're really troubled with something or someone and something, and you know, give it to the Lord. Uh, mark it down. I, I prayed on it today. I prayed on it the next day, and I prayed it on it, and that God said no. Okay, and then keep moving, or you can keep pulling on his the hem of his garment, and eventually he may say okay. He may just be seeing how tenacious you are. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that either. Being tenacious in prayer would the God we'd be plaguing God with prayer, you know, and to the point that he was like, would you just quit it already, you know? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, he might just grant us what we want. And uh, if it's souls to get saved, if it's uh, his will to be done, if it's him to be glorified, if that's what we're praying for, and uh, even though we know what time it is, even though we know what's around the corner, even though we know what the, we can calculate three and a half years on the end of the tribulation and three and a half years on the front of the tribulation, and we can figure out what time it is in history, but if we still pray, God help. You know, uh, and we can see things not just from God's perspective and judgment, but also if we're not praying God's perspective and mercy and grace, who is? Uh, nobody is. I mean, we are it. We are the pillar and ground of the truth. And I, you know, there's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of us here. We're seven of us praying. And what you know, what seven people praying that God would accomplish God's mission and His power for His glory is enough. If we're if we just if we ask with the right heart attitude, and so that's where I'm going to stop. I have a really short point on that nine through ten, but I'll I'll wait for the next time on that because I'm over time. So thank you for your patience and waiting for me to get here, um, and we'll finish this up and probably move into the next uh, verses eleven on as well. Next Sunday I will be here, so I won't be here in the morning, but I will be here next Sunday night. So. I'm, by the way, pray for that. I'm going to be preaching at Living Faithly Summit. And uh, I'm not really settled. I, it's it's easy to preach here because I know where I'm going. There I'm not. So I'm like, what, Lord, Lord, what do you want me to say? I don't want to just preach. I got, I got 20 years worth of messages I could preach. But I want to preach what I want God to be glorified. And I want to say what he wants me to say. So I'm in a season right now where I'm asking God to give me what I need. Uh, what he needs and what they need and and so um, it's a privilege Dan asked me to come to encourage him uh, as he's out on vacation and uh, why he called me I don't know so but I'm going to Mitch Newland be praying for Mitch he's got a special message that he's had on his heart that uh, Newland yeah for the last several months and so I said hey I got a spot right here for you that'll work out perfect and so uh, he's going to be able to to preach that he wanted to do it about a month ago so hopefully he's still stirred up now as he was a month or two ago but uh, that's okay Uh, and uh, he's going to have a a word uh, this coming Sunday so um, I don't always run around tell everybody when I'm out like that I think most I don't think people just come because of me but I don't want people not to come because I'm not here either so um, so but be praying for Mitch and uh I know he's a little bit nervous, which is good. He should be, and uh, and he's gonna he's gonna have a good word though. So, 
All right. Uh, so I mentioned earlier uh, Cammy Schaefer and Joe Schaefer. I, oh, no, I didn't. Thank you. I don't know that. I didn't get an update on that. Have you heard an update from this afternoon? Just, no, just what she said this morning. Yeah. 